Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge, breaks a tackle, 35, 30, Damian Williams, 20, stays in bounds, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! Damien Williams runs to immortality in Chiefs Kingdom. Get ready to welcome your champions. Hello and welcome to the Our Heads Abroad podcast or should I say that our heads abroad podcast take two? Uh, <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain there. We we've just done five minutes of gold standard content, uh, and then in a very twenty twenty move, technical issues scuppered what we were doing. So we had to start again. I'll give you a quick recap. Um, Neil's here. Hello. Owen's here. Hello. Uh, they're both fine. I'm fine. I've had a haircut, I don't have a tiger, and I've been for a pint. <laughs> uh, and that basically sums up the first two minutes of the podcast. Uh, after that, we were just about to break the Damien Williams news when it all went Pete Tong. So, to rewind a minute, Damien Williams has opted out of the season on the coronavirus exemption, um, which is totally within his rights. Um, I guess you have to respect every individual who um, to, who chooses to do that uh, for whatever reason uh, is their own. But I guess it's up to us to kind of evaluate where that leaves uh, the team. So um, what do you think, Neil? Where does that leave the, the Chiefs and specifically the, the running back room? Um, I, I think that's... If it was going to hit a room, then the running back room would be the one I would have the least issue with it hitting. Um, I think we've got a fair bit of strength in depth there. We just drafted number one pick. Um, we've got some good backups. Um, so I, 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 I'm sad that he's done it, and good luck to him. I have absolutely no problem with him doing it. But at the same time, uh, I think it's an excellent opportunity for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to come in and... Uh, steal the show and win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Owen, you, you think, does that um, automatically put Clyde as RB1, or is there, is, there a, is there a training camp battle to be had there? Um, I think that's, a, that's one of the positives from the situation is that the running back room is, is quite deep for the Chiefs. I mean, you've got Clyde Edwards there who, who has all that hype coming out of the draft, uh, obviously being a first-round pick and the first running back taken. Um, but then there are also the other guys like Darwin Thompson and Darrell Williams who know the playbook they have that experience so um i think the the chiefs uh coaches have options there with the with the running backs which i think is always a good thing to have um the only thing it is a bit of a worry about is if there are more um illnesses and positive coronavirus tests as the season goes on and and more and more running backs taken out it could look a bit thin for us um but i think if everyone stays healthy and stays uh negative it sh- it, sh- it should be uh uh a reasonable size hole to 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 be to be able to fill. Um, there are certain other positions. There are certainly other positions that I wouldn't have liked to see uh, opt out as much as running back room. I mean, this is, this is the great unknown, and I guess this is where this season, more than anything, GMs, head coaches, 
front office guys are really going to earn their spurs because we're entering such a black hole of unknown um you know we just we've got no idea what the next six months are going to look like uh trying to build a 53 man i don't know if that's going to expand you know roster at the moment i mean that must just be like throwing darts because you know you, you silo the guys in their little rooms um positional rooms and if you happen to get you know someone that, that tests positive there then the chance of you losing you know a whole core of guys is really high i mean it's it's it must be a horrible job to try to plan for the season at the moment well that's um rick burkholder's job isn't it i mean that they, they've essentially kind of allocated tiers to members of staff so you're tier one tier two tier three and tier one is where like you're intimately dealing with players on a regular basis um so like the training staff the position coaches who are going to be close to the guys a lot of the time and then tier twos like your brett veach's tier two for example you know he may well be around the players but he doesn't need to be a lot of the time they they just need to keep as many people separate as much of the time as they possibly can uh, and hope to hell it doesn't kind of get in the building well i mean that's that's i guess the, the next talking point i mean we don't need to go over the details. We we all know what's happened with Patrick Holmes this week, but suffice to say, we're all now massive baseball fans. <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, always royal since wh- whenever it was. Since twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> twenty four hours ago. You know yeah. exactly. Um, but I guess baseball's the comparison to to NFL. They're they've restarted their season. They're not. Um, operating the kind of bubble environment that the NBA, uh, I think MLS are doing, um, and it, I think it took like three three days, was it, before the the Marlins? Yeah. Um, the floor, um, mm. I'm going to say Florida Marlins. That might be wrong. Um, shows. I mean, like you say, baseball fan since Tuesday or whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, it shows how quickly these things can escalate. Um, but you look at the first game of the season, right? Our first game is against Houston, which is an absolute hotbed right now. The chances that someone in the Texans staff comes to Arrowhead with this and passes it into the Chiefs like domain has to be thought would be reasonably high. You know, week one, JJ Watt has no symptoms of coronavirus, tests positive after the game. Shit, he's just given it to Patrick Mahomes because he sacked him season ah you know it'd be a disaster but i I don't if you're going to play i don't see how you're going to stop that from happening no i think i um i would say watching something about and it was about all the kind of like the um precautions that they take around the facility so they come in in the morning they get their temperature taken they fill in their sort of health questionnaire they get their little microchip thing that follows them around the, the the facility all day in it, you know, and if there's a test that they can then tell them who they've kind of been in contact with. And that's fine between nine and five or whenever it is that they're in the building. But I think that the, the one thing that I kind of took from that was that there is a massive onus on the players to take that out of the facility and into their real, in inverted commas, lives. Saying that, you know, you, you're, we can, we can control what you do while you're here with us, 
but outside of that you need to do that uh, and so I guess, I, I guess it's on the players or go home stay home as soon as you leave the building well exactly I mean, we, we, I mean we've seen the, the arrivals to training camp which I mean it's not necessarily in our rundown to chat about this uh, this week but um, massive disappointment that we don't get the Anthony Sherman <laughs> reveal uh, you, you know but you've seen every single one of them is turning up in a mask so you know the if nothing else, it's a good start. Yeah. They've just got to take it seriously. You know, If they do that and take necessary precautions, you'll minimise the risk. You're not going to take the risk away completely because like, it's out there. It's. I don't think it's particularly prevalent in Kansas City at the moment, but just don't take any chances. But my, my big concern is like, you go to Tampa Bay later in the season and Florida's still a shithole. Um, you've got Houston coming in first game of the season. That's a shithole. Like, th- there's places you're going to play against which have serious issues, and are, are their players going to be kind of doing the right thing all the time? And that's that's where it's going to come in, I think. Yeah, I w- I wouldn't be surprised if there was a situation where like players are told by staff and and the front offices that like you go to to your house. You, you train, you do whatever, you come to the facility to train, but it's like almost like a lockdown for the NFL players and, and, and like essential staff where it is other than home and, and training or game days, like there's not much leeway of where you can and, and, and can't go out, if that makes sense. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised it, it, if that was brought in. Your veterans, players as well, have to kind of step up here and show leadership. I'm thinking Honey Badgers on the defence, Mahomes is very focused on the offence, like those guys have got to get the rest of them together and say, cop on, this is serious, do what you need to do to keep us safe to try and win a championship again. Yeah, and I think it's just reiterating what we've said in the past where like, this year is going to be the organisations that are well run and the organisations that, that can can get their, their, their players and staff in line and, and following one goal um, and really working with each other uh, to, to try and reduce the risk um, they're the ones that are going to succeed this year because they're the ones that aren't going to have as many cases they're going to have more depth, they're going to have more options on, on game day um, so yeah, and I think the Chiefs are good at that, I mean we, we showed a lot of chemistry last year um, and throughout the whole offseason we've had like, there's been plenty of stuff on show, social media to show how together these group of guys are so I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs are one of those teams that can be disciplined and can stick to uh, what they need to do during this time I think and, and I'm, I'm massively stealing content here, but I, I read somewhere in the last week that Andy Reid was one of the kind of leading figures across the whole league in, I guess, con- convincing the, the whether it's the players' association or the league or whatever that you know there is an environment in which this can work. This is th- this is what we do day to day to keep everybody safe to get things going. You know, so we've got someone of that standing, of that experience, like you say, in the in the building, running the show, you know. Um, hopefully we're, if not a step ahead of everybody else, at least kind of a step ahead of the risks that are there. Yeah, I think, I think Andy Reid, he's a level-headed guy. Like, he's, he's clued into things. He's... He's just very sensible at things, isn't he? You can see why he's kind of taken a leading role in this. Uh, I, I th- 
I'm not sure there'd be many other people I would want in charge right now other than him. I'd struggle to name any off the top of my head. Belichick, maybe. Um, but for someone who's going to make the guys do the right thing, just by the respect they have for him, you know, if he say, if he tells them to do something, I think they'll do it. I think it's, it's all about minimising the risks. No, absolutely. And I mean, we, we, I guess we've led off with, with Damien Williams and kind of segued from that. But the again, speaking about being one step ahead, Chiefs, um, God, I'm going to get this wrong. Guard, Lauren Duvernay Tardif was the uh, first player in the whole league to opt out of um, of the season. And we've spoken about this before. We know that at the moment he's up in Canada um, using his medical training on the kind of on the front line of this. And he's this, he's decided that if he's going to take the risks, then he wants to take the risks and I guess make a tangible positive difference. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure we've got anything to add to the plaudits that have already been said, other than what a guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Tremendous respect for that. Glad, glad I've got his jersey. That's all I'll say. That. Indeed, and I mean, from my point of view, being on the Arrowheads Abroad Twitter um, this this week. Inevitably, I mean, I knew it was going to happen, and I'm going. I'm going to get on a soapbox here, and I apologise in advance for doing it, but I don't really apologise. I knew for a fact that within the first ten or twenty responses we had to our, you know, to the well done LDT tweet, you have someone that says we're better off without him. His play doesn't merit this. With no offence. Screw you guys, because you've missed <laughs> you've missed the point completely. The yeah, man yeah. is absolutely not shirking any responsibilities he has to any team or community. All he's decided is that right now he has a different team and a different community that he needs to represent, and that's what he's doing. Um, he's actually he's doing the opposite of shirking responsibilities. Like he's taking the ultimate responsibility there in trying to help save people's lives. Like, what could be more important than that? Football isn't, that's for sure. Indeed, indeed. I mean, I, I just that that just got my goat this week. It's like, it does, like you've, missed, you've completely missed the point there. If that's, if that's your first reaction to, to him saying that he'd rather be, he'd rather spend the, spend the year working in his hospital looking after people with coronavirus than running about a field chasing a ball... Um, I think I, I just don't think you've understood what he's actually, what what he's doing. Yeah, and I mean when you look at it with like, I have respect for the players that have, like Damian Williams who have stepped stepped away from the NFL this year for like family reasons or to look after their family or to look after their own health. But the fact that LDT is not playing the season, but not only just to get away from it, but to actively go and fight this 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 virus and and help on the front line, it's it's how can you have anything but respect for someone who, who chooses to do that? Exactly, motion seconded. Anyway, Perfect. well, so we're now fifty minutes in. Well, we'll get back to I guess our um, usual uh, programming, and we can kind of touch on some of these the the older points quickly. Um, since the last time that we we got together to speak. Um, I guess at that point that we were talking about would he, won't he with Chris Jones 
and it turns out yes he would um so he signed uh a new extension so he's going to stay in Kansas City for four years I think yeah yeah um that could only be good news for the team uh what do you think Neil very happy very happy with it um on the on our last podcast we had Terez on and when he was saying they're going to have to be creative to um to fit this under the cap no signing bonus um but a good chunk of it guaranteed spread the hit out over as many years as you can um i thought they did a really good job um i was surprised but i was very happy as well um he he makes the defense better there's no doubt about that and i think it's i mean i guess team friendly again in inverted commas is subjective but it would appear that it, it's as team friendly as it could have been um Patrick Mahomes texted him allegedly to say he'd left a little bit on the table. Uh, should he want to stay? Um, I'm not a contract expert, but I believe that if we trade Jones away, then at any point, then it's effectively with no hit on the cap. Yeah. Um, right. Plus, we've got one of the top, you know, interior defensive linemen um, in the league with us for four years at what is not that much more than the salary cap would have been anyway. Um, Owen, you must be happy as well? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Brett Beach is a wizard. It, it's it's <laughs> insane, the off-season he's had, uh, or the past two off-seasons he's had. Um, it, I, I, can't, I can't express how, how important I think he's been for this, like the rise of the Chiefs uh, over the past season or so. Um, his impact is 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 phenomenal, as long as well as all the other scouting and 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 hiring staff uh, at the Chiefs. It's just incredible. I mean, the the, the how much does he have earlier in this off season? Uh, one hundred and seventy seven dollars. Yeah, I think yeah, one hundred seventy seven dollars, and he's turned that into. I mean, did we we extended Mike Pennell this off season? Did we not? Yeah, we did. Um, Chris Jones got the extension. Patrick Mahomes got his money. Brilliant. Yeah, Breland got paid. Sammy as well. Watkins. It, it's, it's crazy, yeah. as well as Sammy Watkins. Yeah, it, it's it's insane what what we what he's been able to do um, with the leverage and and the wiggle room he had. Uh, it's just it's wizardry. That's all yeah. I can say. I mean, that's that, that's qu- that's quite a lot for one hundred and seventy-seven dollars, uh, which I think an hour money must work out. Oh God, now Duncan maths. Uh, that's like about one hundred fifty fifty pounds, isn't it? I mean, it's it's not a lot of money. Um, yeah, I mean, there's and and I've I've tweeted out as well, kind of that Patrick Mahomes is the kind of only guy really enjoying 2020. But uh, I'm pretty sure Brett Veach is happy with his body of work so far as well. Um, no complaints there. I, I mean, I, and again, speaking of Brett Veach um, or the the moves that he makes, um, we moved quickly to replace LDT. Um, do you see us doing that with Damien Williams or do you think that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a slot in day one starter um, I, I I think we've got enough depth there and I don't see us replacing him and, unless there's you're just looking at depth and kind of like an extra body I, th- I think there's enough in the running back room that we'll be fine yeah I think in a season like this you, there's, you can never be too prepared um if they did bring someone in just to sit behind, even if it is behind Clyde, Darwin and Daryl, or, or to fill in a third string slot, just to have that depth and, the, and those options there, because 
like I said, no one knows what's going to happen this season. You could have the whole running back room taking it all within the first three weeks of the season, and then and then where do you go? So, um, yeah, I don't think you'd ever be too prepared, but if this is how we enter the season, I wouldn't be too annoyed with Darwin and Darrell and Clyde. I don't think we can... Uh, I think that's a solid group with experience and, and that excitement of Clyde. Um, yeah, I think we'll be all right. And I guess in other player news, I am frantically searching his name because I have lost my notes. Um, we got uh, another safety overnight as well uh, from the Seahawks. The Seahawks yeah. I'm going to say, I want to call him Taylor, but I don't know if that's his actual name. Hedrick think... Thompson? Thompson, there we go. Another Tom- right, we've got Thompson. lots of Williams, now we've got lots of Thompsons as well. Brilliant. Um, I, again, I, I don't suppose we would have put that as our top position of need uh, in the backfield, uh, the, the defensive backfield. Um, Could be insurance on one Thornhill and well, if his leg is recovered. That's my point, yeah. Um, either that or do you think that we've got, again, advanced news that someone may be not playing this season? Possibly, yeah, possibly. I don't know, who would be a GM, eh? Um, I think we've mentioned his name already uh, but other news in Chiefs Kingdom is Patrick Mahomes buying into the Kansas City Royals um, safe to say that news went down pretty well in the uh, Kansas City community um, personally I'm not sure how much it affects his quarterback play which is really the most important thing but what it does do is absolutely cement the fact that he is all in on Kansas City as a town and all in on his life here um, which can only be a good thing yeah get him get him settled get him happy keep him happy yeah yeah I mean when you when you invest that much uh, money and and effort you should say into part owning an an MLB franchise in in the city you play is a pretty much saying that like yeah I'm, I'm here for life and uh, this isn't this isn't ending anytime soon which is great I mean it, all it's going to do is deepen the, the, the connection Patrick Mahomes has with with the city which is which is awesome um, the other thing I really like about it is is that obviously he was uh, an MLB prospect as well and the fact that he's gone from possibly playing in the MLB and, and making that decision to now part owning an MLB, MLB team and being the Super Bowl MVP and reigning MVP of an NFL team is uh, is Quite a whilst from, from whilst only decision. being 24 years old. <laughs> yeah, before he's even 25th birthday. It is, yeah. It's quite it's, a story. Um, it's like, I, mean, so I mean, so, like, so let's list his achievements. He's thrown 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns in one yeah. season, which only you can count them on one hand. People on the planet have ever done that before. I think it's two. I think two, two. quarterbacks have, have, have done it, yeah. If, I yeah. mean, that's distant memory, but I think that's right. Uh, that's right. So not many. Uh, Super Bowl um, MVP in his first season as a starter. Second season he comes in, starts like a uh, house on fire, dislocates his well, gets his ankle stood on by one of his own players, battles on, dislocates his knee, comes back three or four weeks later, puts the team on his back on a six or six game unbeaten run to get into the playoffs. Takes us past, takes us through two ten point double digit, in fact, uh, deficits to win by double digits to get into the Super Bowl. 
the same thing happens in the Super Bowl he has a rocky start again puts a team on his back and all the nonsense of the kind of two picks in five minutes or whatever behind him to be Super Bowl MVP I mean he's 24 years old it's um, I don't know what I was doing at 24 uh, but it wasn't quite as good as that no and he probably still won't be number one in the NFL 100 either (laughs) (laughs) and he's never lost a game by more than one touchdown yeah. Which is, which is, I think that's like my, my personal favourite Mahomes uh, uh, stat, is just he's never, never even come close to being blown out in a game. It's, it's insane. Yeah, I mean it's, that, that's the thing when you look at the twelve-year contract we've got with Patrick Mahomes now, and you, you kind of extrapolate out his first couple of seasons as a starter to the next twelve years, and I mean it's, it's frightening to think of how good. We could really be with him there, but you've um, you've touched on the NFL 100, and that's the the I guess the last thing that we got to, to speak about. The most current thing we've got to speak about. Um, it came out. I think we got confirmation before the names on the list were announced. That the Chiefs would have six players on the list, and I think that by all consensus we have seven names which are at least worthy of consideration. So the the chatter was who would miss out and when Frank Clark came in in the 90s I think that uh, that kind of pointed the way that Mitchell Schwartz might be the man who wasn't going to make it um, which I think is the first thing that got Chiefs Kingdom back uh, Chiefs Kingdom's back up uh, in that list um, oh and I know that you wanted to to chat about it, to chat about it a bit so uh, the floor is yours um, I mean first of all Darren Waller is 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 ahead of Mitchell Schwartz. Darren, Darren Waller, the Raiders tight end, made the list, uh, and Mitchell Schwartz uh, uh, didn't. It's yeah, it, it, it baffles me how how Mitchell Schwartz is that underappreciated. Um, still, I mean, I know it was voted by the players, but but the fact that he's he's not even appearing in the top hundred player list is is crazy to me, especially when you have guys like Darren Waller uh, who do make it. Um, yeah, it's it's wild to me. Was it really voted for by the players, though? I mean, when you look at some of the names on there, can you take that serious? Like, you know, Todd Gurley at 50... Todd Gurley's better than Chris Jones. Sorry, what? Todd Gurley three years ago, behind a really good offensive line, probably, yes. But Todd Gurley now, who's kind of doing okay with the Falcons, 50th best player in the NFL, please. Uh, It's... When we were on the the WhatsApp chat this afternoon and Brad was asking um, where you could watch it, the response from me was the comedy channel because it's it's a joke. Like it's just it's just ridiculous. It, it does seem yeah. to be a list which weights reputation, I think, a lot more than actual production. Um, you mentioned Chris Jones; he's dropped sixteen places, I think, sixteen places this year. Yeah. He's around fifty two-ish or something like that um, I'm not sure there's there's a dozen players that have overtaken him this season um, I think that again like, like Brad mentioned I think the, the voting is in November so that kind of um, that maybe weights it more to your kind of regular season production so Patrick Mahomes Frank Clark uh, 
Chris Jones. But then player. the first Frank Clark, the first half of Frank Clark's season was pretty poor because he was injured. It was only the back end of the season after November when he actually looked like a good player. Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> I agree. And it's 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 a it's 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 a strange list, and I don't want to be affected by it. But and I say that I'm not, and I don't care. But every time you see a Chiefs player come in with the ranking way lower than they should have, you think, "Come on, man, do better." Uh, the next debate, I guess, is the. And this is one that goes on and on, and it it gets my goat is the Kittle versus Kelsey debate. <laughs> um, I think I think by all accounts George Kittle's about to be top ten. I think. Yeah, he's in the top ten. Yeah, he top is, ten. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey was I want to say about eighteen. Yeah, he's eighteen. Something yeah. like that. Um, where do you guys stand on that? Um, you, you guys answer, and I'll and I'll give my view. You'd at um, least think that they'd put them closer. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think George George Kittle um, can be considered as, as a top 10 player in the NFL right now based on the season he had. Um, but, I mean, putting Travis Kelsey at least... I mean, I'm sure he's going to... He's gonna. Uh, George Kittle will fall. He won't be 10th. I think he'll be a, a little um, later in the list. It might maybe around 6 or, or, or so. Um but putting Travis Kelsey at 18, almost 12 spaces where I think he, uh, George Kittle might land, is, yeah, seems crazy to me. Um, yeah, I don't, I can't see a 12-person gap between George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, no matter where you put either of them. I, I think for me, Kelsey has consistency on his side. Like he has four 1,000-yard seasons, and he's he's done that when we haven't had that great a running game, whereas Kittle is very beneficial from the fact that the 49ers have a really good running game, there's shed load of misdirection in there, and that kind of schemes him up to get open. Um, to, I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Kelsey's a better... Who would I rather have out of the two of them on the team? Kelsey, any day. That That's not even a contest. Um... Can Kittle block? Yeah, great, but you know Kelsey can do so much more. I just uh, uh, maybe, maybe I'm being a homer and maybe I'm being blind here, but to me it's it's not really a debate to be honest. No, that's, that's, that, that's where I fall. I think it like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how good people think Kittle is or how good people think Kelsey is. They can both be as good as they are. And it doesn't make one worse than the other. That's that's where the debate, and it's a social media thing, not the more than anything else. Like the fact that George Kittle is ranked at X, and Kelsey's ranked at something else, doesn't make Kelsey a worse player. And yet we're like conditioned to somehow think that's not fair. That's that's where I get some of my nerves. The other thing that really gets me with this is. George Kittle bores the tits off of me. <laughs> he really does. There's this like cult of Kittle, and I'm using air quotes here, where people think he's really interesting and really funny and got a lot of character and personality. And all I see is beige and <laughs> a real manufactured social kind of media persona 
completely designed to get him a kind of, or to bring another tight end, sort of Rob Gronkowski post-football kind of career. The thing, if if, if, if you've not watched the um, Super Bowl mic'd up, you've got to go and watch it. It's, I mean, it's awesome, the Super Bowl mic'd up stuff. The Chiefs are unbelievable in that. And if you want to see the difference in that game, you can see it before it, where... The, the Niners do their little thing, the little huddly thing beforehand, and they, whatever it is, Niners on three. The Chiefs do it, one, two, three, champions on three. At the start of that game, we were dialed in. We were, we were, we were coming out of that game with a ring by hook or by crook. Um, you can see where we won that game beforehand. Fine, we were 8% chance of winning or whatever it was with 10 minutes to go, but we had that game in the bag from the start. They were in our pockets from the very start. But the whole George Kelsey sit, um, George, Ke- George Kittle, <laughs> don't go for a pint before a podcast, folks. Um, <laughs> the George Kittle thing where he's sitting on the sidelines on his own, I will be back, I will be back. Oh, dry your eyes, get over yourself. That's just, that's, he, he knows the camera's on him. He knows the microphone's on him. That's completely designed to get him a soundbite to make him get the brownie points with the Niners fans that, you know, oh, George Kittle really loves it. He loves, oh, bollocks. Boring. I find him so boring. I, I just, I can't, I can't, there's, there's nothing about George Kittle. I mean, he's a great player. I get, I get he's a great player. As a, as a tight end, great player. Um, and if you, if you, um, if you rate blocking higher than the ability to, to, to break coverage, break a tackle and get a 35 yard gain, fine. Kittle's your man. Um, if you want someone who, in what is already one of the most explosive uh, passing offences that the league has ever seen, if you if you want someone who is still going to make a tangible difference, despite the fact he's surrounded by guys that can run four two forties, then Travis Kelsey's your man. Nothing you can add to that, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll dismount my high horse, uh, and we, we've got. Um, We've got the final ten to um, to announce. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is in that list. Uh, do you guys think he'll be number one? He should be. <laughs> I genuinely have no idea, but he'll probably be number nine or something like that. But uh, is he the best player in the NFL? Yes. At end of discussion. Yeah, I really have no doubt. I, 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 I'm. If I don't see him at number one, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say or do, but. Um, yeah, he yeah he he deserves it. There's, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, and I think the players agree. I mean, I th- I think the countless interviews you you see of of people just being bewildered by what he does on the field. Um, I, I, I don't see him anywhere. I don't see him being anywhere else other than number one. And the fact that we, um, I think the voting was done in November. Uh, I guess when the Chiefs were still, I guess on the up. If we hadn't quite peaked at that point, uh, do you think that will um, do you think that will affect the vote, or do you still think that Mahomes has it in the bag? I still got it in the bag. No yeah, doubt about I, that. Yeah, I think it's in the bag for him. I think it's already. I think it's already been decided. Um, like as in, like it, it, it's it's been known for a while now that he's the best player in the league. Uh, he's proved that for the past for the past two seasons that he's played. So. It, it's a short, it's a short time span. It's a short sample size, but I mean, when you're that good, it doesn't matter how short, how small the sample size is. Like it's, it, it's pretty bl- glaringly obvious who's uh, 
who's the best player in the league, um, and, and, and it's Patrick Mahomes. I'm still baffled by they make them vote for this in November. I mean, it, it's not like um, you couldn't just wait until January. And even even if you did it over the re- the whole of the regular season, you kind of first second of January, the last game. We're in what back end of July now, nearly August. Like that's seven months they've had from January, nine months since last November. Like, what the hell have they been doing with these results for nine months? That they feel they had to sit on them till now. That they had to have those votes in November. It just makes no sense on any level to me. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're using social media and the internet to drip feed us the results 10 by 10 by 10. So we know that they know how the internet works. So, yeah. you know, send them out in March. Uh, the guys are, I mean, once the season's finished, the guys have got nothing else to do other than, you know, kick back on their beach resort and, you know, whatever it is that an NFL player does on his... Uh, on, on his downtime, um, sending them out in November when they're right in the heat of the battle uh, doesn't doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah, and and the list is for like you know the the, the previous season, right? So how can te- how can players decide who's the top hundred players for that season when what the the most important part of the season, the playoffs, hasn't even started yet? How can people make that make that judgment? It, it yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But then D- Derek Henry's in the top ten, but he only really got hot in the second half of the season, didn't he? He, yeah. I mean, the first few games, you can't you can't think you were really when we played the Titans first time around. You can't think you anyone really said, "Oh, geez, I'm worried about Derek Henry now. He's you know he's had a fantastic year this year, and you know he's going to rip us to shreds." I, I looked at that Titans team and said, "Meh, nothing there that I'm worried about," um, and yet he's in the top ten from voting from November but so it makes no sense well on that uh, bewildered <laughs> note I think we will uh, call it a night um, <laughs> all that's led to me to thank Neil and Owen for their company thank you very much chaps thank you no worries thank you uh, and uh, for me to say stay safe to your kingdom uh, from one kingdom to another thank you very much good night <laughs>